With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is U Street. Unfortunately, just U Street this week, as I don't have an outstanding player in what, in many ways, was a very frustrating loss. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, the Gophers obviously struggled. Struggled mightily in multiple phases at different times. Uh, you know, came back towards the end, but that was not enough. I'm just going to turn it over to U Street and let, let you kind of... What thoughts? Talk me through it. The opening first quarter was a mistake in preparation, certainly on the defensive side of the ball. Joe Rossi got outprepared. Whatever Brian Friends had scripted was something that was very new and not on film, or it was and they weren't expecting it. Rossi stayed in zone coverage far too long and was oddly lackadaisical in not being more aggressive to Nate Stanley. I'm still not totally sure why that was the case. Tyler Johnson dropped what would have been a walk into the end zone touchdown to make this game 20 apiece in the third quarter. That drop, in some sense, obviously, is the game because they end up losing 23-19. to Minnesota had multiple balls batted down. Tanner Morgan threw a couple that should have been intercepted and weren't before Cole Kramer finally threw the kind of last heave that led to an interception. I would say separately, I'm, it was interesting to me that they put Cole Kramer in the game as opposed to Jacob Clark in that situation, in part because Clark's got a much better arm. And if you really have to bomb one, I'm a little bit surprised you don't put the guy who can really throw. But that's neither here nor, nor there. I don't think Minnesota could have played this game worse in the first half from a standpoint of execution and also from a, but not necessarily from a play calling standpoint on the offense. They were getting stuff done. It was just getting knocked down at the line, things like that. And Iowa's got a good defense. This game is to me really frustrating because obviously they don't have a trophy in the case that I believe they should have. I mean, as bad as Minnesota played, this is a one-score game at the end. If the play call comes in a little bit quicker and Tanner Morgan has better recognition of how much time and what the actual important thing is, Minnesota has two timeouts to burn there, which radically changes, I think, how Iowa has to play. Also probably means that they don't have to onside kick it. They can put it deep and force Iowa to go the length of the field. And I think that would have put them into a much better position. But those are the, and also special teams, missed field goal. That was a bad decision from PJ Flex fault. 50 yards, go for it. It's early in the game. And then secondly, the mixed extra 
point also doesn't change anything in the grand scheme in terms of it's a four-point game as opposed to a three-point game, but it does probably change a little bit of what they were thinking from a play-calling standpoint because if you make that extra point, you may still kick it deep and let your defense make some plays. In the second half, the defense played substantially better. Iowa only had a field goal in the second half. There was a lot of great adjustments made, and the offense, for the most part, was able to move the ball well through the air. Tanner Morgan had 368 yards passing on the day, 25 for 39. That's at almost 15 yards a completion. Unfortunately, as mentioned earlier, because Tyler Johnson dropped a sure touchdown, only one touchdown on the day. So all in all, a very depressing game in the sense that the Gophers are now 9-1 as opposed to 10-0. If they were 10-0, the magic number would be 1. They, I still expect, regardless of this week, that they will beat Northwestern. I expect the Gophers to beat Northwestern rather handily. I thought that before this week. I suspect they will come out angry next week. And Northwestern has absolutely nothing to play for. So that, I think, means the magic number should be 1 after next week. But it could have been 0. And that's that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I think depressing is a really good way to <laughs> describe this game. I don't. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't. This is still a fantastic season. The Gophers' goals are still in front of them. I think we can, you know, pretty much uh, put away the college football playoff at this point. Uh, but I honestly was never really overly worried about that anyway, as I viewed that as a they have to win out to make it happen. And while anything is possible, I certainly expected that if they made the Big Ten title game that Ohio State would win. Because Beating Ohio State is not possible. Ohio State is going to wreck this team if they play them in the Big Ten championship. And that would have been true if they were 12-0 and when they did that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. So, you know, the, I think the more realistic and still very meaningful goals of a division title uh, and a potential Rose Bowl berth are still right there for this team. They do need to clean up some of the mistakes. Um, there were, you know, more than a few mistakes that were self-inflicted that, that need to be uh, ironed out. Uh, and they need to be ready to go against Wisconsin. But Wisconsin remains a flawed team. Nebraska... Ran the ball well against them. Nebraska, you know, was honestly a lot closer in that game than they had any right to be, given that Nebraska was basically without their starting defensive line and their best playmaker on offense, and yet still managed to move things. I guess the only thing that would concern me is what the injury to Tanner Morgan was that kept him out. It kind of looked like he was saying he could go back in, and the coaches were just mostly like, we're not going to make a last-minute decision on your health in a heave desperation moment, um, which is honestly the best decision for him as a player and honestly long-term a better decision for the team too. But uh, Yeah, absolutely the correct call to take him out at the end. It's possible it, it didn't – what he was grabbing was sort of calf ankle, which presumably is a stinger. Clearly, I think he walked off the field, correct? Yeah, and he didn't look to have an especially large hitch in his step, if any. Yeah, he walked off the uh, field on his own power, grabbing that particular worst-case scenario. You're looking at some kind of high ankle sprain, in which that you can tape up. It just would make it a little bit harder for him to throw. Yeah. So, I mean, I, obviously, I think we, we, we wait and see how his injury turns out. But, goodness, I mean, this is still a great season. This is a frustrating game. 
Uh, I think given that this is the trophy between Iowa and Wisconsin that we've haven't had in the longest, that's you know frustrating for fans. And I think in many ways this felt like a very winnable game because it was. And when you lose a very winnable game in a season like this, it's easy to to get down. But you know, nine and one. Very few people had this team at nine and one at this point in the year. Uh, I believe I was not one of them because I had us losing to Penn State in my prediction, so I had us at eight and one. And I believe I actually had us losing to Iowa. It was a, a different Iowa team in my mind than the one that they brought, but I don't know. It's I think it's most frustrating because I don't. This just was the first half. I think that if the first half had been different, if the first half had first been a little quarter. more. <laughs> Yeah, if, if any part of that had been a little more back and forth, I think this would feel disappointing but not depressing, if that yeah, makes sense. The Gophers were had four red zone opportunities, didn't come away with points on one of those. So that's obviously a bummer. But of the red zone points they came away with, they only had 12 because they had to kick some field goals. And that right there, two field goals and then the missed extra point too so we got a missed field goal and a mixed extra point there's your four points of the game but more generally the team had been 19 for 19 scoring touchdowns when they were in the low red or within 10 yards and in came away with two field goals either either one of those is a field goal instead of it's a touchdown then this game's tied and the gophers are trying to stop iowa for kind of three minute sort of drill situation if they're both the gophers are winning this game i think one of to me the most frustrating part about this game was i think if you much like last week so when minnesota beat penn state i don't believe that minnesota wins nine of ten against penn state a lot of things had to go right for minnesota and some things had to go wrong for penn state but i did think from the performances of both of those teams that minnesota would probably take six or seven out of every ten that those teams played based on the performance that week I don't think that Iowa takes six or seven out of ten against Minnesota. I think they take three or four. This happens to be one of those. That was the draw that actually came up. But in order to have that happen, Minnesota had to do a lot of things incorrectly. The I think the, the most salient for me was failing to take, uh, having to take a timeout with a little over three minutes before Seth Green scores to make it 23-19, to because that timeout was totally unnecessary. Minnesota has the ball at the one-yard line. They know exactly what they're going to go do. They take almost 30 seconds off the play clock, just in the transition, and then almost 24, have to take a timeout to do that, and then have to run another play, which takes a few more seconds off the clock, as opposed to just getting up to the line and checking into whatever the play that you were obviously going to run in that situation, which is probably an inside zone quick run. This is something that you can get up with speed. And that, to me, is a failure that we've seen a lot this year, and it hasn't bit Minnesota, but having to call timeouts after spending way too long getting the play and spending way too much time checking with the sidelines, that's something that for someone, Tanner Morgan, who's had an excellent season so far, one of the few weaknesses of his season has been that cock management and not getting the team ready and set. And it's also a failure of the sidelines. So starting from Shiraka on down to get that play call in. But a lot of things have to go wrong for that. A basic, you know, Tyler Johnson almost muscles his way into the end zone there. 
And earlier, Tyler Johnson had a bunch of phenomenal catches. Were I to have, I if my next end of the week is Tyler Johnson for extending his record of 100-yard receiving games and also becoming second all-time in touchdowns and go for history so you get nectins on chris's classic if you break a record you get to be the nectin of the week <laughs> situation but yeah it's it's a real bummer when your nfl wide receiver drops a wide open one like that's not when we needed the tyler drop to happen and i don't think he, he those are the kind of things that if you throw that ball to him 10 times he's going to catch it nine times and walk into the end zone nine times and we're going to have the handshake and we 20 rep in the third quarter i like pj fleck do not believe in momentum but clearly minnesota had figured out how iowa was playing and managed to stop them down there's a reason why iowa's offense doesn't score many points i think we saw that from in essence the second quarter onwards that first quarter though just that's a that's deeply unfortunate I think if you had told me that Tanner was going to go 25 of 36, so he's going to complete basically 70% of his passes. He wasn't going to throw any interceptions. He was going to throw for over 350. If you had told me that was going to happen, and without any other context, I would have said Minnesota wins every single time. Uh, you bring in a little bit of the context, okay, I get to be a little more worried, but I just... Honestly, in a lot of ways, this is exactly the kind of game that Minnesota has been winning all year. And some of the things that came together to make that not happen are just, what are you going to do? Exactly. We're incidentally recording this at a little after the game, so about 7 o'clock God's time. And there is discussion that Tanner Morgan came out and seemed woozy and wobbly, which is a great way of saying that he will be in the concussion protocol this week. And while I don't actually think that will in any way change the outcome to the Northwestern game if he is not playing, Minnesota should still beat Northwestern, that is also deeply unfortunate. And the total lack of offensive line protection in that sequence against really three-man rushes, just one offensive line, Blaze Andrews on one side, Connor Olson on the other, just getting blown up by their defenders, things that are sort of unacceptable. And that's just a consistent kind of mistakes. They made a lot of mistakes this game. In previous weeks, they've made a lot of mistakes and been able to pull it out. That's why they were really fun to watch in the non-conference. This game was not fun to watch. It wasn't interesting on either side. I mean, I don't think that Iowa is a team that you watch because you want to watch enjoyable football. That's not to say they're not a good football team. They, as we talked on the Sky U podcast earlier this week, they have a really good defense. That defense very much played very well against the run. Really stuffed Minnesota. Minnesota only ends up with about 60-something before the sacks. That's a really good performance, making Minnesota one-dimensional. On the other hand, it's actually not really a problem that Minnesota's one-dimensional if they want to pass the ball. And one of the things that I find strange, I don't make a million dollars to call football plays. So Kirk Sharaka has forgotten more about football than I will ever know. But it is a little bit unclear to me why, given that situation, you didn't just start throwing the ball a lot more for a lot of short, quick ones. Because the run was not working, setting up the run was not working, didn't seem to be super, super effective. But I don't think that Iowa's offense gets 20 points like that that easily. That, to me, is just a massive breakdown. Big sigh. Heavy sigh. 
Oh, and I guess because I forgot to mention it, Tanner Morgan is my Necton of the Week. So, good job, Tanner. I got nothing else. Street, you got uh, any final thoughts you want to ring? Or are we just going to bring? Or are you, or are you thinking we just go straight into Northwestern Week? They're going to go straight into the Northwestern Week. And when they go straight into Northwestern, the magic number will still be two. Beat Northwestern, the magic number is one. Beat Wisconsin, win the division. This is something that, and this is the thing to set back. The last four games of the season, they were going to play three teams ranked in the top 20. And the goal was to go two and two. Didn't really matter how you got there. Just go two and two. And two and two, as long as one of those wins was Wisconsin, wins you the division. So we're one and one. Get the opportunity to be two and one. Get to walk into the Wisconsin game with an opportunity to be three and one, take the division. That's somewhere Minnesota hasn't been in a very long time. That means they'll be having be able to win 11 games in the regular season. There's still a ton to play for. Unfortunately, you will not be able to see Floyd of Rosedale at the good state fair next year. But <laughs> this is this is something that I, I think is we've made pretty clear throughout this particular podcast. Minnesota had to do a lot of things wrong to lose this game. They managed to do a lot of things wrong. I don't believe and I the last thing I'll say, this was not a trap game. They didn't come out and like get trapped by Iowa. Iowa's a good football team. What is the trap game? is the next week against Northwestern, particularly if your starting quarterback is not able to go. That's the trap game. The advantage, if there is any, in losing this football game is because there is still a lot to play for, Minnesota remains in the driver's seat. Just have to get focused, and as P.J. Fleck would say, go 1-0 and in the Northwestern season. All right. We'll go on to Northwestern. Pay attention. Look out for the normal Sky U podcast dropping later this week. In the meantime... Go Gophers. Sky Yuma. Row the boat.